This meeting is being recorded. Whose computer room that? That was Maddie. I that was I, Madison. I, 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 I heard that mute. broadcast. That was amazing. I tried to mute before it happened. It was too late. It was too late. It's me. What? That's just that's just the vibe. That's just the vibe. We're I'm the problem. Me. It's me. Oh my god. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Breaching Extinction podcast. I hope you guys have all had a wonderful several weeks. We have not done a porpoise in, like, I don't know, like a long time, honestly. Um, But we're here now. So this episode, we are going to talk about French Polynesia and humpback whales in French Polynesia. And then um, we're just going to give some, like, life updates. So Liam, start us off. What's new in your world? Uh, so well, I got a job at um, at a small uh, at, at a small aviation maintenance facility in uh, Hillsboro, which is like a which is a small uh, it, it's not a small town, but it's a town south of Portland, Oregon, basically. And uh, our company basically uh, we lease planes to this um, to this company to this uh, this ambulance basically uh the ambulance company it's called alaska life med and i think mm-hmm. i think there's even a few more than that and um we lease their our planes to them and they use them as like hospital planes to get people out of like rugged terrain and quick you know quickly to you know hospitals and like anchorage or, or or somewhere in canada or wherever and you know they're basic they basically they're old they're old private like business jets like owned by, you know, own, whether it was owned by people. Well, some of them, some of them are old private jets, but other ones we, uh, the company bought and we turned them basically into these like jet powered ambulances. Mm-hmm. And we basically fly, you know, sick people, critically injured people and, you know, organs. And we basically, our jo- the company's job is to work on their planes. Mm-hmm. And since, and I'm not a licensed mechanic, I'm not a certified mechanic yet, but I can work under, the under apprenticeship, which means that, you know, I can work under someone who has a certification basically. So I can put my signature on something and uh, they, but they have to put their signature on something since they're the one that's actually certified to do it. And yeah, that's really cool. making really good money. I'm not working like terrible hours. Like I did before, whether it was the chaotic hours at Best Buy or the way too late hours at, at a, uh, at home Depot. Um, but yeah, I, I want to, with that said, though, I do kind of want to be able, if anyone, if anyone who follows this podcast, if they're wondering why I don't touch Instagram, I haven't been on Instagram, just because, you know, my life is busy, and I need to, um, and I need to kind of step away from it for a little bit. But, you know, I'm, I want to, I want to get back on there. I want to start talking about the whales again, on my page. And especially, especially the dams. And I do have one particular dam coming up, which I've been wanting to talk about since it's chaotic and it's made the news like several times over the years. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of basically everything that's been going on in my life. Hell yeah. Dude, congrats that's on your new job. Thank you. Yes, congrats. That's awesome. I love to see that you, you've got something like in your field that you're trying to, you know, you're yeah. working your way up. Good job, Liam. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, well, California has been a mess. Um, I'm sure you guys have been like paying attention or anybody that's on the coast knows, especially like Monterey and Santa Cruz County have been out of control. We have what is called a bomb cyclone, which I'd never even heard of. I heard of a regular cyclone, but not a bomb cyclone. 
and an atmospheric river. Um, and apparently we, we have not gotten so much rain since the gold rush. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's Damn. Damn. yeah, no. Um, I thought that, so the first like two storms that we got, I was like, okay, cool. Like, I think all of us in California were like, we need this rain. We're in a drought. Let's get this rain. And then it's just like, it keeps going. <laughs> and we're recording this on January 11th. And um, like the first sunny day we're supposed to have is January 19th. I've not worked a single day this month. Um, and it's like, we just have lots of roads being blocked. Um, like trees falling down. Um power outages, Wi-Fi outages. That's why there's been some inconsistencies on the podcast. I got sick. And then also we've had power outages and Wi-Fi outages, which have made things difficult. So um, we're trying to get back on a more reasonable, reliable schedule. So thanks for bearing with us, everyone. Um, luckily, I'm safe. I live on a mountain. Um, but there's a lot of other people in my community who have had to evacuate. There's been severe flooding. Um, the whole Capitola Pier is like destroyed. Um, so, and we're not done. It's still coming. So, tomorrow's supposed to be clear. But yeah. Um, and then let's see what else is new in my world. I just hang out with peaches and I paint. And oh. winter time is kind of my time to like recoup a little bit. Um, and. So I've been recouping and, you know, just focusing on myself and hanging out with Krusty. Um, I went mushroom foraging for the first time. That was cool. Um, and then this is not my news, but this is general news. So today, the day that we're recording, um, which oftentimes just for some of our listeners, I've had people get nasty with me about it. We're recording on January 11th, 2023. So some people have been like, that's not true. And it's like, when I recorded it, it was, it was true. But okay. Anyways, so um, there, today, there was a um, dead killer whale stranded on the coast of Florida. So um, killer whales are not thought to live in Florida, but we think that there's like a Caribbean population, potentially. Um, there have been this is not the first time that a killer whale has been stranded in Florida. Um, there have been apparently four other strandings. Um, but yeah, we don't know exactly where it came from. I believe like the SeaWorld rehabilitation facility is assisting in the necropsy. Um, and it was found like, honestly, like in pretty like Northern Florida, it was uh, stranded and died near the Palm coast. Um, and we do find killer whales in like tropical to subtropical waters, um, oftentimes not super warm waters, um, but they have been found there and they don't know what kind, um, it is yet just cause obviously they have to do an assessment, but I think there were some like barnacles that were found on it that like indicate that it probably was like potentially from the Caribbean. All of this is potentials. Um, the only fact that I have is that a killer whale was stranded on the coast of Florida. Everything else is like theory as far as where did it come from? What's it doing here? Nobody knows why it died yet. So that's something to kind of keep an eye out for as far as like killer whale news. So those are all the updates I have for you guys. Erica, what's an, what's an atmospheric river? Okay, so my understanding of it is that when there is an atmospheric pressure change, 
Um, it essentially like causes water to evaporate like into the sky and then it brings a river through the sky. And like, like a rain river. Yes, there's so many rivers on like all my roads and like there's, okay, you've been to my house. There's no creek. It sounds like there's a creek outside of my house right now. Do we all have creek? Yeah. You say you live on a mountain, like you're like so safe up there, but I'm like, damn, like that I mean, does not seem safe. Relatively. So like my house, obviously you've seen where my house is. I'm not like protected by the wind. So it was like howling the other night and like Peaches was actually scared to like snuggle me. We were awake from like four to six in the morning. It's like, it's more scary because up here, like trees can fall because the water is so saturated. Plus with the wind, it's like pulling down like giant trees. Like part of 17 was closed down, um, highway 17. And then part of highway nine is closed down now. And like, so yeah. Have there um, been any mudslides? Um, there, I think there's been some, like, like I've seen pictures on like Facebook and stuff. And like my landlord was showing me some photos of like, near like downtown that's like pretty bad um but i was able to get into downtown yesterday and it was fine downtown santa cruz um but yeah so. and then are you gonna tell us about the interesting nut that you found by your oh, yoga God. studio I yes tell us about the nut i thought that was a pretty cool update <laughs> so okay so <laughs> so annoying um so i of like oh that's i guess an update i started um yeah. working at this yoga studio too yeah. so i was going to two yoga classes and i was in between yoga classes and we scheduled a call to like brainstorm because i had like you know 20 minutes in between um and we've had like all this debris and everything flying around and so like i've seen a lot of things on the ground i don't usually see and i was like oh wow this is a giant acorn like what is this giant acorn <laughs> <laughs> madison <laughs> Yeah. Oh god. And so like I'm on the call with them and I'm just like kicking this like mutt like this this acorn around. And then like I go to like like I was like, okay, like want to see how like I really want to investigate like what kind of nut is this. So I like press down slowly (laughs) with my foot. I was wearing a shoe and it literally was a piece of shit. It was like a dog turd. that's so good that's so good <laughs> i love that I was like this is a cool nut <laughs> was it just like just thing, around was it just literally just like a single turd yeah well then because i look the reason i thought it was a nut because there was a lot of them and it didn't look like a turd but then when i looked over it was like oh there was like one longer one but like, <laughs> <it was> like... <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that's, so good. that's lovely so oh, that, those God. are my updates for you guys. I love it. That's yeah, we wanted to hear about your yoga, your yoga job. Just tell us about your yoga. So I just like help out at the studio. It's like, it's, it's really not like, it's not like full time or anything like that. It's just like a chill, like once a week, I help out with one of the classes. Um, but it's made me get back into yoga. Um, and I've had like an interesting yoga journey. I started doing yoga in 2019 and it was like very transformative for me. I really liked the effects on my body and my mind. Um, and then I moved to Orcas Island where there wasn't a studio and I was super busy. So I fell out of my practice and then COVID hit. Um, and I just, I'm not the type of person that can do yoga on my own. Like I'm, I'm a class person. Like I do best in like a CrossFit scenario or like 
in a yoga class because I can't like pet the dog or like, you know, fiddle around on my phone or find some sort of distraction, which I managed to do at home. So I started doing big room yoga last year in Monterey. And I would be doing that still if we had um, a studio in Santa Cruz. There is one in Santa Cruz, but like, uh, it's just not the same as the one that I went to in Monterey. So I'm just going to plug Sweet Heat Monterey. Um, go if you would like to change your, I'm I'm not, I'm, I feel like I'm going to sound like, like, I don't know, like a multi-level marketer, like a scammer, but like literally if you want to change your body and your mind and your life, please go do Bikram yoga. <laughs> you should know about Bikram yoga. Bikram himself is a piece of trash. Separate the man from the practice and you're good. Um, but speaking of yoga, Monterey, go check it out. Give them all your money and go as often as you can because, oh God, there's something about... 105 degree heat, 90 minutes, and like the same. Yeah, Maddie, <laughs> both of your faces right now, you guys are like disgusting. <laughs> no, but thank you. Back in normal yoga, and it kind of kicked my ass a little bit yesterday because I haven't been honestly in a long time. So we'll see how it goes. But that's my yoga update for you guys. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I did. I did yoga with Adrian on YouTube for a little bit. Oh that my god. Good. My my mom my mom does yoga with Adrian as well, and she wants me to get into it. And I've been going back and forth on if I want to do it because I did try yoga a few times and I did like it, but I I'm just trying to see how I can how I can kind of make it routine because I feel like I'm just gonna fall out of it as soon as I get in as, as soon as I start it. Yeah, it's hard to make a habit, but baby steps. Maddie, what are your updates? I figured we'd end with you since for you, one of your updates is the theme of this episode. Yeah. So yeah, besides my vacation to French Polynesia, I'm just back, just started back into work. So I had a winter break for Christmas and New Year's, which is really nice. I like my schedule uh, with my teaching jobs. I get those breaks. Um, but yeah, just, I just started back last week teaching my students. I love them. And one kind of like fun update in my life is that this quarter I'm teaching in addition to algebra and biology, I'm also teaching health and wellness, mm -hmm. which I'm writing the curriculum for, which is pretty cool. And um, I'm teaching an art class and I've never taught art before, which is so far it's kind of a shit show, but art okay. will, will, will get there. So maybe if you guys have ideas on like how to teach art, health and wellness is good. I'm, I'm pretty good with that. Cause I am, you know, would say, I'm pretty into like mental wellness and health yeah, and stuff definitely. like that. But art is like not a strong uh, skill of mine. So anyway, but it's fun because they need, we're like low on teachers. And so they asked me if I would take on these two classes and it's kind of, um, yeah, it's kind of cool to be able to like write a curriculum for a class. I want to launch like a robotics class for next quarter. So that's kind of, it's fun to kind of have the freedom to, um, we have, hours in the day and kind of like write curriculum and work on the schedule and stuff with these kids. And they're really into it. So my job nice. is going really well. Yeah. Um, but then the big update is that I took a 12 day vacation to French Polynesia for Christmas and new year's. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I don't even have words. It was like, so amazing. So if you want, I can just like start going in yeah, and talking girl, about my trip. About trip and tell us about like, where is French Polynesia? Give us like a, like, just like a brief overview of the country. I got you. 
I got you. And I'm going to time myself so I don't talk too long. But um, yeah, so I guess the theme, the theme of this episode we decided would be we'll talk about like marine mammals, whales and stuff about French Polynesia just because I went there. And yeah, so basically like um, French Polynesia is an island. It's actually like considered a collectivity of France. So it's governed by France, but it also has its own government. So it's it's Polynesia, but it's French Polynesia. And it's located in the South Central Pacific Ocean. And it's in the Southern Hemisphere. So when I went, it was their summer there. So it was like super hot. By the way, that was my other update. I'm recovering from a like severe sunburn. It is like, I had blisters on my back. This is off the topic, but I had blisters on my back like the size of eggs, like <laughs> multiple. It, it was so bad. It was the worst sunburn I've ever experienced in my life. And it was because I got stuck on a kayak for four hours in the middle of Bora Bora, like in the so middle specific. of it. So it was like really awesome because I saw a manta ray and other fish and stingrays, but I am still recovering. I have like these big blisters. It's getting better. Anyway, um, so yeah, it was summer there and it was really like beautiful, warm weather. It's kind of like that... Um, I don't know if it's like tropical or whatever, but there's like quick thunderstorms that come in and it rains a little bit. But for the most part, it was sunny and warm. And it is, like I said, located in South Central Pacific Ocean and it's governed by France. So the cool thing about French Polynesia is it's made up of five archipelagos. Mm -hmm. Those archipelagos are the Society Islands, Tuamotu Archipelago, Gambier Islands, Marquesas Islands, and the Tubuai Islands. So there's about 130 total islands that make up that collective of those five archipelagos. And I thought this was interesting. So the total land area of islands makes up about a size equivalent to metropolitan Paris and London combined. So if you look at that on a map, it's like not that much land mass, yeah. but the islands are spread across a swath of ocean about five times as large as France. So the archipelagos are spread out over a large area. So I flew into Tahiti. Uh, the city is called Papiete, and that's where the international airport is. And then Tahiti, Papiete, Tahiti is the capital. It's the most populous island, and it's the largest island in the Society Islands. So I traveled to three islands within the Society Islands archipelago. So hopefully that gives you guys an idea of like the geography we're working with here, but South Central Pacific. Um, so yeah, I just, I just kind of wanted to talk about some highlights from my trip. Um, basically I flew into Papiete, I stayed a night on Tahiti. It was really cool. Um, I met some friends there one of my friends I had met at CSUMB, really close friend of mine, Vincent, if you're listening, I love you. Um, so we met up and, and it's cool. They, everyone speaks French there. So my friend Vincent is from Paris. So he was able to kind of like bring me around and like speak the language. Um, but the first night we went to like a pretty white resort. Like it was like for like white Americans and white French people. Um, but they did like a cultural dance. It was like a Marquesan cultural dance. And then we went to like a bar dinner placed and saw some live music so my first night there was kind of a cool introduction to like a little bit of the french polynesian culture the next day we jumped on a ferry and went to the island of morea morea is about a 25 minute boat ride it was probably my favorite island it's you can we drove around the whole island in less than two hours so it's a very small island but the views were just like stunning the water was amazing it has these like big like I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. Just 
Maybe I can share some pictures, but the mountains just like jut up out of nowhere. They're just like, I don't know, it's crazy. And it's so lush and lots of plants and stuff. There's like, um, like free growing mango, lime and coconut trees. Like you could just be walking and be like, oh, I wanna get some lime and just pick it off the tree. Or like, you wanna eat a mango? Sure, just grab it off the tree. Like they don't belong to anyone. It was, that was really cool to me. Um, and then basically like some, so we, we stayed like six days on Morea and then we went back to Tahiti for a day. And then we did spend a few nights on Bora Bora, which is Bora Bora was originally owned by the United States. So there was more like English speakers on Bora Bora. Um, but some of the highlights from my trip were just like Morea is um, so uh, there's like so many, I guess that's like a big habitat for them. So I went snorkeling several times and would be out there with like, there was like a five footer that like swam right in front of me, like a big dude. And it, that's just like such a cool experience to be in the water with sharks like that. They pay no attention to you. Um, they're actually like, I guess, I don't know if you'd consider them like friendly or indifferent, but that was a really cool experience. And then also like these big, I don't know the species, but like humongous stingrays, like the size of dinner tables, just like swim up to you and want to like, like people would like, were like feeding them like chicken from their plates. Cause they're like from the restaurant, which I'm sure like you're not supposed to do, but like the stingrays come up like as if they're pigeons, like looking for like scraps of food. And so I don't know, it was really cool. Mm. Um, I'll just give a few other highlights and then I'll wrap it up here. But just the kind of living conditions and the lifestyle on Morea and in French Polynesia overall was super cool. I really like enjoyed staying on a like we stayed in a village and these bungalows with it was just like kind of outdoor living beautiful views there was lots of local cats and dogs and friendly people so it was just like overall like a really really cool experience for me I've never traveled abroad so this was like a big deal for me it was really awesome the geography we hiked a waterfall one day and then lastly the like of course the best highlight well the food was a good thing too I ate raw fish which was really good it was like cooked okay i cooked. need to know hold on i was asked it? you i asked you a million times because you're a vegetarian and you ate meat like did you shit your pants I no no i didn't i actually like felt like energized like it was like i mean okay maybe i felt a little sick like here or there but like okay so that was the thing with the food like i couldn't read anything like i i don't speak french like i tried my best to understand. I was surrounded by French language, like my whole trip, like there was barely any English spoken. And so I'm like, fuck, like, I don't know, like, just give me that. Like, and it was like chicken and rice. I'm like, fuck it. Like, and it was really good. And I Maybe ate like a fresh. No, it was good. Like, I was like, damn, this is tasty. Well, I just don't, cause I've heard of people who, when they go from like vegetarian or vegan to like eating normal food again, it like makes them sick. Well, not normal yeah, food, like eating meat, you know? I've heard that too. And I was quite scared. So I didn't eat like a big like meal of chicken, but I ate like a little bit and it was, it was good. I, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So, and like fish. Yeah. The, I ate a fish burger and then like too, like it was um very like French type food. Like there was croissants and coffee and baguette and cheese. <laughs> there was croissants. Yeah. We, we baguette. Yeah. 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 So that's okay. all the French and I know but I want to end I'll, I'll pass the torch here but I want to just tell you all the birds I saw really quick okay yeah there there weren't like too many but it was pretty cool so of course I'm a birder and of course I had to keep a bird list while I was there so <clears throat> I saw uh, common mina which are kind of like they're like birds you see everywhere like in Arizona we have grackles that are just like everywhere you just like anywhere you look you'd see a mina bird and they are really cool looking look them up 
I saw white turns, which are just like any other turn, but they are like fully white with black eyes, like black features. So they look yeah. very beautiful. They sound like the turns in Monarch. They, they make that sound kind of like cricket yeah, sound. For sure. So those are really cool. Um, zebra doves. So instead of like here in Arizona, we have mourning doves or Eurasian white collar doves. They have zebra doves, which look very similar, but they're zebra striped. Very cute. Another really common bird I saw a lot of are called red vented bulbuls. They have like a cockatiel type mohawk thing going on and then they have red feathers on their tail. Mm -hmm. I saw a Pacific reef heron, which looks like a great blue heron or like an egret, but it's yeah. green and it lives on an island and it's so cool. That might've been my favorite one. There was red jungle fowl, which are basically chickens. Um, I saw white tailed tropic birds, which are like these like seabirds with really long white tail feathers. Mm -hmm. And the last one that I was able to identify was a brown knotty, the kind of like equivalent of a type of like a gull kind of, they made a really like obnoxious sound and there were a lot of them. Yeah. Um, there were lots of, I know you were sending me like Jaegers and I couldn't identify like any Jaegers or skuas or like there were a lot of seabirds I couldn't figure out. I also saw a type of seahawk. I think it might've been like a, a type of harrier. Yeah. Um, still haven't identified it, but it was really cool. And then there was another type of like sparrow or finch that I couldn't identify, but they all have like just really cool different patterns. Like it was cool to be in another place and, and yeah. identify new birds. New so birds. Cool. Amazing. New birds. Exactly. We love new birds. Cool. Yeah. Well, since this is a whale podcast, I did, I, I wanted to shed some light on what little whale knowledge we have about French Polynesia. Um, so there are humpbacks that go there. Um, the most recent episode that we put out, um, let me see, because I'm, I'm sure by the time I post this, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to post this. So episode, it's loading here, but basically um, episode, oh, just kidding. Um, wait a second. Which one was it? Um, where is that episode? <laughs> is it just missing? There was a French Polynesia episode. There was it called French Polynesia though? I don't think it was. There was one where, when did I do that one? Did I not post that yet? Oh, I'm behind on episodes. My dog's here. Whale trends. I don't know. Well, Okay, cool. Your dog is here. Um, there was an episode that I posted, or I thought that I posted. Now I have to go back and look where um we talked about it was like humpback whale vocalizations. I don't maybe that's what the heck. Now I'm just like confused because I really feel like because I remember posting it or thinking about posting it when um when what the heck? Whenever we um whenever you were in French Polynesia. Anyways, whatever, besides the point, I'll figure that out at some point. But basically, they're, uh, uh, the whales tend to go to French Polynesia to breed um, from Antarctica from um, like June to December, or I'm sorry, July to December. Um, and this stock was uh, one of the only stocks that was not impacted by whaling. So either the whalers didn't know that these whales existed or they're just they weren't in the area um so there's a chance that they may not have been in the area but um the episode that i did which i'll have to find i can't i'm like how did i miss that i, I have a lot of episodes that are just recorded that i haven't edited yet that need to go out 
and my computer and just it's been a time I've been sick so sorry everyone for all the confusion but anyways so um there is some overlap on the songs of the humpback whales um between the like a, a population that's like in Central America and in um or not some or like parts of South America and then um French Polynesia so I thought that was really interesting um but yeah so you know, we don't know as much about this population, uh, but they tend to breed here and then go to Antarctica. And Liam's going to tell us a little bit. He tried to do some research on culture and he's going to tell us how that went here. <laughs> yeah, so researching uh, the culture, the, oh shoot, my camera's falling down a little bit. Sorry about that. The, um, the culture that exists in French, French, so there is so to say that there is so to say I'll say this to say that there is no culture in 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 you know pollinate uh, with pollinations around the whales that's not what I that's not what I'm about to say just a heads up that you know there are the you know the indigenous pollinations populations of the Pacific Islands they've had they've had cultures with these whales for a long time now in terms of the modern post French colonialism culture side of it, there isn't really a whole lot to it. If And I found this out pretty quickly because when I tried to research about French relationships or French culture that exists with the whales in, in French Polynesia, it was really non-existent. A lot of it, a lot of it, it was just kind of throwing up a lot of uh, advertising the ability to swim with, um, with the whales there, to be around the whales there. And that's kind of that 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 kind of, uh, that kind of uh, speaks to the commercialization of the um, of uh, of any kind of natural wonder that exists anywhere in the world that Europeans have come into contact with, hmm. you know, because like uh, like you like you said earlier, Erica, you know, this population you know, was really isolated for you, for people who don't know the Polynesian, the Polynesian islands are like smack dab in the middle of like the South Pacific ocean. Like they're incredibly far from like any continent. They, you know, they're one of the most isolated islands in the whole world, but, you know, and I think it's probably because of that, that even if the, um, that even if, you know, the French knew about the whales here, they probably figured it wasn't, worth putting in the effort to try and you know to go after these whales because you have because you know at that point in time when the french colonized the islands about you know i think it's like i think it was the mid 1800s when it happened you know they had you know steamships and all that but they you know honestly weren't very good back then and it would still take them weeks or sometimes months to get there and so because of that there was no there was no whaling french culture um around the whales um in the in the in those Polynesian islands, um, so instead, what ended up forming was a kind of was a touristic sort of commercialization culture, hmm. you know, that you'd see in say Hawaii, where you know this it's very sim it's very similar in that you know Europeans colonized, you know, colonized this you know the Pacific Islands, and even though even though they've technically loosened their grasp a little bit, it's and they technically still have their own so their a sort of sovereign government. They're still part of you know a European republic, and so because of that, and because there wasn't that much interest on the French 
side to use these whales for resources, there's not a whole lot of really culture that the French have with the whales aside from just tourism and, you know, tourism from the local economy, which is something that, which is something you find all across the Pacific. It's usually, it's a lot of the economy comes from, or a lot of the, the Western based economies that are there. It just, the lot the money mostly just comes from the tourism and kind of that exploitation, you know, that stems from the colonization and yeah, that's kind of, and that's really ultimately all there is to it you know it's not so much right. of a culture as it is as it is just a commercialization of a natural um of a natural wonder which you know obviously is not limited to the pacific islands it's it's limited to it's it's everywhere that the europeans have set foot on and still right. are you know and still have a big presence there so that's it kind is, of, so it's, that's yeah, kind of it really but exploitation a culture of exploitation yeah well, and that's no, the um, and you know, there's a lot of probably exploitation of the of the Polynesian culture there too. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, no. One of the things that I noticed too when I was just googling like humpback whale, French Polynesia, like I couldn't find anything like good until I went to Google Scholar. Which obviously we should, you know, we should be looking up scholarly articles. But like, it's always good to just like give a Google just to see what's out there. Um, and everything that I googled of humpback whale French Polynesia was swim with the humpback whales and then like is it better to go to Tonga is it better to go to French Polynesia um yeah and yeah and the just... swim with programs are always a little sketch in my opinion um but yeah so they that is a thing and also I've noticed because I put a poll out recently about what people want to hear about and so I'm not going to dive deep into that right now um, but we will do an episode on like swim with programs and things like that. A lot of people right now, a hot topic has been like the legality of swimming with whales specifically in Mexico. Um, so we will, we will dive into that in another episode, but yeah, I like, I wanted to kind of note on what Liam said. And I think that is, a. I mean, like, while it's not, you know, I, it is still cultural, you know, like it's not like, it, you know, the indigenous culture, it is the, like the prevalent, like dominant culture doesn't make it okay. Doesn't make it like, you know, whatever, but that's, you know, it, it is an interesting commentary on the role of the whales with the people. Maddie, I see your hand up. Yeah. I just wanted to add, I liked uh, the points Liam brought up, but, um, We'll oh, I just wanted to add that it was a bummer that there were no whales there when I was there. So they weren't there during the time that I was there. But also just on the, the swimming thing, like um, like you said, just doing a quick Google search, it's like that was totally all that was advertised because um, even just driving around the island, it's like all there, you know, in Monterey, there's like whale watching signs or whatever, like billboard kind of things. Same, same deal as like, oh, swim with the whales, swim with the whales. And um, when there's no whales there, it's like, oh, let's swim with the sharks. Maybe that's a little less. The sharks are everywhere, so I feel like maybe I don't I don't know the correct words there, but it, you can't go in the water without swimming with sharks, basically. But the whales, I feel like they probably like are taking boats. And, like, yeah. Um, and then too, just with a with a brief Google search, like all I saw about humpback whales and um, French Polynesia is that like that they are an important part of Polynesian myth and culture, but there really wasn't much more like what what were the myths and culture so i think liam's points are spot on there yeah. yeah it's just it's that corporate it's 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 cultural in the corporate sense basically. yeah 
in the yeah. in the Western European corporate sense. For sure. So yeah, that's what we have for you guys this week. Um, we are taking like if people have submissions for like topics or people that they would like to hear about or from, please let us know. Those of you that responded to the Instagram poll. Um, we do have that information and we plan to address everybody. So um, just give us some time here and we'll get the episodes up. Um, hopefully, you know, within like the, the early months of the year. Um, Maddie, what's up? <laughs> I like this um, raise hand feature because I'm just like, I have something to say. Uh, just one, one last thing as we're wrapping up. I meant to say this earlier because you talked about the killer whale that have washed up on the beach in Florida. Yes. Did you guys see the the baby gray whale off the coast of southern california God. yeah i did see that it I was like that. it was like born next to like one of the like whale watching boats in dana point yeah like, i saw it on instagram and it was so cute yeah. i'm hopeful that it was like close enough to mexico that like <laughs> i know right um because like that's that's more southern than here because we had that baby humpback hump hunkback. we had the humpback calf born here um, and that baby, I was like, oh, you're dead. You're done. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. But I just thought it was cool that, like, I feel like they, maybe people saw, like, the birth happening. Like, there was blood in the water. The baby was, like, so new, you know, like, so little. Well, that's what they said is, like, they were seeing, um, like, one whale, and then they saw, like, thrashing and then blood, and then there was a, and then there was a calf. That's crazy. I feel like that's kind of like my, I feel like in a way, like it it seems cool, but as like a whale watching person, that kind of seems like my worst nightmare. Cause like, I'm always like too, well, because I don't want to get too close to the babies, you know, like I don't want to. Yeah. You're like stressing it out. Exactly. Like, and so I'm just like, go have your baby away from me. Like, (laughs) I love you. Yeah. Like in the nice business elsewhere. They immediately put drones up and like have all these like like this cool footage of, of the baby whale, which like me as a viewer, I'm like, oh my God, it's so cute. But I see your point because you're like, oh my God, like why are you droning over this like hours old calf? Like yeah. it, it is a bit. I feel yeah, like, you know, funny. I think it's good to, if you can, for research purposes, like get it, it like information. And like, if you're somebody that's that has a drone and you want to fly it off a whale watch boat or whatever, like definitely talk to researchers about what they're looking for and like try to find the balance because like some of the information is valuable, but um, it's funny. Oh, I'm going to get some sass for this. I was just talking to a colleague of mine who will remain nameless, but we were talking about how like there are those people that, um, that like they're like citizens, but they like try to solve like murders and they like go out of their way to like try to solve cold cases. And like, sometimes (laughs) it works. But like a lot of the times they just like think they're overly important and are just like low key getting in the way of like the police doing their job. And we're just discussing how that's like whale watchers sometimes that they're like, oh my God, we got the photo of the gender of this baby Southern resident. I saved the whale. And it's like, no, (laughs) no, like it wasn't necessary, you know, like. That's like a really good comparison metaphor, like. Yeah, like a volunteer police officer is like yeah, a whale watcher. Like your vigilante whale justice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm bad. So, just check I'm yourself. Bad. I'm just somebody that's always like, I get what? What did you I'm say? Or, I'm the, what is it? The, the Batman is, I'm orc, I'm orca man or something like you know in that in that sort of in that sort of like Batman clothes, like I am vengeance. I'm bat, I am, yeah, like, I'm vengeance for the orcas. On. I'm. Orca man. Yeah, with a cape and a mask. Yeah, yeah. with a mask. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I do think that the information is helpful and there have been scientists that are like, oh my God, if you can get like, you know, photos of like fin whales, that's super helpful and like send them in. Like, so I'm not telling people not to do it. I'm just saying, do it mindfully. And like, if you are doing it or if you're claiming to do it with the goal of helping scientists, have a discussion with a legit scientist. Um, yeah. And that's just, a good like, one. just check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah, check yourself. I, get a, I, I understand. I get a lot of hate from the whale watching industry because that I'm like, so I don't know. I just think we should just be checking ourselves always. I mean, I, I feel that way in my personal life as well. Like we should always be like holding ourselves accountable and like, you know, doing the, the highest amount of work, do your homework, check yourself, read a book, take a class, do your homework, period. Period. <laughs> period. And I think that's how we end it. Any last final thoughts? All right. No, I've been, uh, yeah, I think we're all pretty good. I think we all said what we wanted to say. We all right. It's good to see you guys. All right. It's good to see all of you. See ya. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.